How do we apply our gift of hope and glory to one another? And I've been thinking about this a lot. And if you remember, when we first looked at, at this passage of Scripture, this amazing passage in John, uh, the glory which you have given me, I have given them. The, the, I have given them. And this is following that thing in John 20, or uh, John 17, 20, where it includes us in this. So that means that you and I sitting here in a room and those of us that are on Zoom together, we have been given that glory. And if you back up in John 17 a little bit, it's the glory that the Father restored to Jesus that he had in the foundation of the world. So we looked into glory. We looked into the weight of it, the shining of it. We looked into and we're going to add one more dimension to that glory tonight that I think is going to has potential to liberate you and I to be a part of that uh, in, a, in a fresh way with one another. But it's so that they may be one, just as we are one, I and them and you and me. That's the measure of our intimacy. So when I ask if any of you can can share of the glory within you, it is from that intimacy. It's the fact that Jesus lives in you. You are in the Father with him. It goes back to John uh, 14, 20, where he says, in that day, and that day is after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, in that day you will know that I am in my Father, you are in me, and I'm in you. Now, we don't act like we know that a lot in the, in the church that we're all accustomed to. And there are times when I think we lose sight of the fact that He is in us and we are in Him. But I want us to be reminded of that tonight as we move forward. And then He goes on to say, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you have loved me. In a moment, we're going to look at that uh, brief review about... Um, uh, Isaiah 6.3, that the, the fullness of the earth is the glory of the Lord. Okay, So this idea, so that the world may know that you sent me, that includes you and me too. And if there's ever a time where you don't know that Jesus is present, you don't know that He's been sent, you don't know He's here. Now we all know that, we've all given our, our assent to that knowledge, but I'm talking that visceral emotional knowledge at that moment. And, and I'm going to ask us if there are things in your life or in our society today, and we talked about it a little bit with Al in Australia, the severity of the lockdowns and the various things that are going on there in his community. Are, do any of those rise to the point where they are robbing you of hope and they are, they're making you doubt anything about this idea of hope and glory? And then we're going to talk about it because we're a part of the world. And the world may know that you sent me and that you love them. So think of your neighbor, maybe your neighbor who doesn't even know Jesus. God loves him. He loves him like he loves his son. And I had a revelation some time ago about God being love and realized that made it a lot easier to understand why he loves people the same, regardless of their behavior, because he doesn't love out of a reaction to that behavior. He loves out of the essence of who he is. That's a big deal. And and so he's not violating any rules by loving somebody who's unlovely. He, he loves because he is love. And, uh, and then down in verse 26, there's a continued promise here that we are participating in tonight. And it's that I have made your name known to them and will make it known. Baxter Kruger, the way he interprets this passage is that Jesus has declared that he will take responsibility to make the Father known make the name of God known. Jesus has taken that responsibility. When we share with that, we share that with him as we testify and witness, but he's the one taking that responsibility. So that the love with which you love me 
may be in them, and I in them. All right, this is the Romans 15 passage we looked at. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the only part I want to review of this is that God is the God of hope, and hope is a gift given to us by Him and manifest to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not something that we have to originate, and it's not something that is just ours to steward. It's a gift to receive in relationship with God. And I think if we can ever get that in our hearts, that's going to change things a lot. And I'm hoping that tonight we can experience that just a little bit. Uh, and it, it talks about the nature of the hope that we get as a gift from God. It's the nature that causes us to experience joy and peace while we're believing. Not gritting our teeth, not against the unbelief, against all the ugliness that we see. Joy and peace in believing. So it's it's not that this is just for a destination at the end or a desired result, which is what hope is, a firm expectation. It's also for the quality of spiritual life, of intimacy with God and a fellowship with one another. It speaks to the quality of life that you and I are entitled to live through the bleakest of circumstances, the darkest of days, and the goofiest of times. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that, and then the nature of our hope is to be overflowing. That's what abounding means. Abundant. Not just an, enough hope to get by. Not just enough hope to squeak by. Real, abundant hope. We've talked about that some as we've moved through the last few weeks. All right, so this is what I want to add. This is what I want to add to us. This is the, that famous story in Exodus when uh, Moses finally says to God, look, if you don't go with us, we don't want to go. And God says, because I found favor, you found favor in my sight, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what you say. And that led to the fire and the cloud and all this kind of stuff. But then Moses says, I pray you show me your glory. And God responds and says, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show compassion on whom I will show compassion. Moses asked, show me your glory. God said, I will make my goodness pass in front of you. This is why I'm saying this isn't a magnificent uh, new revelation. God's glory is his goodness. And then if we go that the fullness of the earth is the glory of God, it is the, it is the goodness of God manifest in the earth. And ultimately, ultimately, the new heaven and the new earth and the city is only going to be filled with that goodness. It's only going to be filled with righteousness. That city that comes down is described as a place where righteousness dwells. Now, we live in a world where there is both righteousness and unrighteousness. We live in a world where there is goodness and glory manifest and where there is corruption and darkness manifest. But the destination and the intention 
and the purpose and the destiny of this place and the people in it and the things in it is the goodness of God being manifest as glory. Okay? So if you can agree with me that this thing here is something worth sinking our teeth into, that the glory of God, when God is presenting it and describing it, is His goodness passed before Moses. Okay? Now, we don't have a long message tonight because we're going to be doing stuff, so there's plenty of time if you have thoughts or questions when we get going. Now, how do we then go about being serious about giving and receiving this glory? So this is verse 13. We already looked at it. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The very next verse, Paul says something astounding and I want you to link it back with the idea of the glory of God being His goodness. Paul says this, writing to the Romans, writing to us, the Gentiles, that Jesus spoke about, says, I have given you the glory that the Father gave me. Okay, And concerning you, my brethren. So I'm going to say that to us. I'm going to say it to you. Concerning you. Concerning you. My brother, I myself am also convinced that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able also to admonish one another. The word admonish means to uh, encourage, exhort gently to challenge. It can include things like correction and stuff, but it always has an overtone of for the good, obviously, because it's flowing out of knowledge and goodness. Now, there isn't a lot to say about that. It's not that hard to understand, but I don't think most of us spend enough time Believing that. So if we backed up to where this gift from the God of hope is that we would be full of all joy and peace in believing so that we will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, what I'm asking the Holy Spirit to do tonight by the working of His power is to help us understand that what Paul said was true, that we are filled with goodness and all knowledge. Remember John says you have no need for anyone to teach you because you have an unction that will teach you all things, teach you all truth. So I know this requires a radical, perhaps, shift of thinking about ourselves. But um, let's give it a try. Richard. The, the, the filled with all knowledge, yes, that's kind of hard to take in. But then on the other hand, we also have the power to raise the dead within us too. So those all those things that are there are available to us. It's just we have this mindset of how do I get there? How I think. Now, part of the element, stay there for a second, because don't you think part of the element of that mindset is pushing all these kind of promises into the future? So uh, e even the New American Standard, if we go back to John 17, it just grieves me that they put a subtitle in above Jesus saying, I have given you all glory. It says the future glory of the saints. What about it being the contemporary glory of the saints? You know, what if, what if that is really what's there? 
There's another uh, um, verse coming up here. Stay there. All right, so there's John 17. That's the one, John 17, 20, and 26, or Exodus 20 and 23 on this one. That's the one that has that subheading they felt compelled to put in there, future glory. But he didn't say future. He said, now, I've given it to you. Look at John 20. John 20, 21, 22. So Jesus said to them again, to the disciples, right? This is after uh, he had appeared. The girls had come back, said, hey, we've seen the Lord. They denied it. He comes through the door. Everybody but Thomas is there. And he says, so Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Hey guys, now, do we or do we not have the Holy Spirit? Yes. The answer is yes. What does the Holy Spirit bring? All that he is. All that Jesus is. All that the Father is. All the blessings. So this is what I think. So don't you think that part of it is that we don't take that seriously. We push everything off to the future. I, well, we have a tendency to do that until he, in my, in, within, with me, it's, uh, he brings it before me to where I go, is that a possibility? Then receive revelation from it. And now it's a reality. So, so there's these hurt. So as I guess it's just growing in God, just, I th- just the, the, the I think process so, of, but it's growing in particular areas. Like it's growing in believing, right? Like it says yeah. in Romans, joy and peace in believing. Uh, and as we experience these various things, it, it enforces that, that belief, that trust in God and so forth, that childness, likeness of being able to, to, uh, uh, to do as he says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Now that is exactly what I have spent the day asking the Holy Spirit to do in our lives tonight is to is to make this true give us the, i think it's brilliant uh, the word truth in the greek is the word aletheia and aletheia the definition of the greek word aletheia carries the idea of truth revealed so this isn't something that that just happens on you and it isn't something that we just deduce it is something that god literally reveals brings revelation so I agree with you, Richard. That's exactly what we have to have. But I do believe that it's time for us to begin to believe for that. And it does require belief. And there should be joy and peace in that believing. Yes, Ronnie. Can you back up back up one slide, please? So it says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So, and then also that we are, you yourselves are fill, full of goodness. Um, as a stepping stone, maybe it's bad to think of it this way, but as a stepping stone, I've got Jesus in me. Right. That's not bad. No, that's pretty good. <laughs> but um, full of goodness, I know Jesus is full of goodness and he's in me. So if I let the Jesus in me be more and me be less, kind of like John the Baptist. Let me ask you a couple of questions, though, to maybe move the process along. Sure. Uh, how often do you wish ill on people around you? Honestly. Uh, 
occasionally, but not very often. How often do you, when you think about it, wish good on people around you? A lot. Okay. So the, I know it's a process, I see it as a process of letting the Jesus in me be stronger than the yucky part. So I don't have, I don't have a problem with that. What I ask those two questions for is to say your heart generally lines up with God's. Not, yes. and, and I think it is because Jesus lives in us. But I think we, we have been sold a bill of goods in most of our church life that we are depraved and there's no glory in us and there's nothing. And it is in direct contradiction to what the apostles teach and what the scripture teaches. So all I'm really suggesting, and by whatever process is there, and there's no question that fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, especially if in that context we fix it that he lives in us, right. it should do a good thing. And, and as a stepping stone from where we don't think about it, yes, as a stepping stone from where we feel like we're betraying the truth or something uh, by acknowledging goodness in us, yes, I think we should do that. Yeah, and I, I recently, like last night, had a thought about what was Jesus thinking about something and the sense I got from Jesus was, well, it's what you were thinking about. There you go. So it's, I think that's a, that's a beautiful tied right in there bit of revelation about what we're talking about. Dan or Becky. Yeah, the whole, we get nervous about glory on us. And I think it's because we tend to view ourselves from a flesh perspective. So we get nervous about flesh and glory when Christ has said, you know, it's no longer I who live. We've, the flesh has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives in Christ, but Christ who lives in me. Therefore, there ought to be glory. There ought to be all these other attributes of God. But I think we we tend to associate us with flesh and not God. I mean, this is something I'd like us to think our way out of unredeemed flesh. Because, you know, Paul talks about glory being on the different things, and there's a glory of a planet, and there's this and that. And that's all in the context of resurrected flesh. So there is going to be a glorified aspect to our flesh as well, which I, I, I'm okay with the fact that we don't see it now, but to dismiss it as a possibility, which is not what you're saying at all, I think that's part of the process we have to move forward on. fleshy, fallen way, mm-hmm. and so consequently have a hard time associating all these things that Paul says we are. And it's like, no, we're the, we are the resurrected. We are these things. The glory of Christ is in us. The Holy Spirit is in us and all these things. And if we would view that as our identity, we would be comfortable living out, walking by the Spirit, doing the things he does, allowing his glory to be seen through us, allowing his light to be seen through us, etc. We'd ask the question, well, who am I to think of myself that way? Well, you're one of those that Jesus has breathed on and filled with the Holy Spirit. You're one of the ones that he said, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. We just need to shift the way we think about ourselves. And it's not an excuse. It's not overlooking anything. Paul didn't go through a long list of things. As a matter of fact, the verse that follows this says, but I'm going to write to you boldly on a couple of matters. And he brings some correction to the the Romans uh, that he'd never been there to see. But he still said, concerning you, my brethren, I myself am also convinced. That's a powerful way to make a statement like that. That's not like saying, I think you are. I myself am also convinced 
that you and you and you and you and you and you are full of goodness. And yes, Ronnie, to understand the magnitude of that, begin to embrace it, even in the face of a few things that we see that aren't very good about us, is, well, but you live in me. And so, yes, I can understand how goodness abides in me. But that's why I, I, I wanted to bring that question up. Uh, it isn't just because of that. It's because of the transforming work that He has done by the Spirit on the cross in, this, in our lives to where we can begin to own our own goodness. It seems to be, yeah, for all people. Yes, Richard. Ronnie, Ronnie made a, a referral to a statement that's been used often in the Christian world. Uh, and I understand where it's coming from, but uh, where they say um, more of Jesus and less of me. Mm-hmm. When it should be more of Jesus so that more of my identity can come out. Can come out. And so forth. So it's, it's, it's a combination of the two. Yeah. So it's not less of me. It's more of me coming yeah. out. Old, yeah, old covenant. He, he did. He did that. And it, it, so Ronnie asked the question. Didn't John the Baptist say, uh, "He may increase that I might decrease"? That was when he was talking to his disciples about Jesus baptizing and doing various other things. Uh, and you know, we don't need to pick a fight over whether we have goodness in us or not. We need to believe it. Uh, and and the diminishing of ourselves is not the objective. Our flesh has a powerful ally, and that is God, the consuming fire. (laughs) We're not going to be able to sneak any ugly stuff into our destiny and into eternity. We don't have to worry about that. There's no way. When you're drawn up into the bosom of the Father and embraced by Him, everything you have is going to have to be able to live in that consuming fire. And anything that's not there is going to go away. It's going to get burned away. So we're not, this isn't a self-maintenance, self-help deal. We need to believe and be transformed by that belief and joy in believing so that we can have the hope to do this. Now, what I wanted to do with this next verse down here is concerning you, my brethren, I myself am also convinced that you yourself are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and and he applied He applied very specifically what the fruit of the goodness and the knowledge is that you are able to admonish one another. Paul didn't believe that the Roman believers, uh, the Roman church, had to sit there until he was able to come and see them. That's what this whole context of the conversation is about. Before they could be who they were supposed to be. He believed that Jesus did that. By living in them. He believes the Holy Spirit did that by being poured out upon them. And uh, one of the things, Dan, that makes me want to harp all the time about uh, what Peter claimed that Jude said about Pentecost is that this is that which was prophesied by the, or spoken by the prophet Joel, which is, not Jude, Joel, which is, uh, in that last day, I will pour my spirit out on all flesh. So the flesh is, is a target. It's a target of the Holy Spirit. It's a target of transformation. And, and that, I think, is something we need to take seriously. God built redemption to take care of our soul, our spirit, and our flesh. 
And, uh, and I, I totally don't, I, I just, I agree 100% with what you're, you're sharing about the notion that we have. And especially if that notion was birthed out of an old evangelical saying, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, you're not. You're a person created in the divine image, redeemed from darkness, now in light. So live as if you're a light. Does that make sense? All right. So, all right. So this is the, this is the rub now. I think we're able to admonish one another. So are you ready to admonish one another? Al, go ahead, buddy. Well, as far as my, my journey is concerned, especially over the last four years, one of the biggest things I had to see myself as, as who God sees me. Not through my own eyes, but through his eyes. And when you begin to see who he created you to be, and you have that relationship with him, I suppose what's coming to me more than anything is you become, it's like Abraham. Abraham put everything on, on, online. And, and he just took notice of what God told him about himself. And what amazes me is when you get in that position where you say, Papa, I don't care how I'm feeling or what I'm thinking today. I'm gonna, I'm going to stay with you no matter what. And I'm going to allow my feelings and emotions to eventually line up with who you say I am. And sometimes that's a journey. But then I love what Abraham, what God called Abraham then. When we put everything on the line and say, Papa, your most important thing to me, we then become the friend of God. Not only a child, but we become his friend. And when you become the friend of God, that is such the honor and the privilege that he wants us to be and take on. And that's how he sees us. Uh, on Tuesday night, we, we looked at this situation with Abraham. And let me read this to you. This is in Romans chapter 4, verse 14, or verse 18. In hope against hope, he believed, meaning Abraham believed. So this ties up to this idea of joy and peace and believing, right? In the power of the Holy Spirit and God giving us this gift. In hope, so I lost myself. In hope against hope, he believed so that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken. So shall your descendants be. Now, listen to how he looked, because what Al said is totally true. But I want you to listen to how he observed himself. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead since he was about a 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. One of the other reasons, and this is why I wanted to acknowledge that there's a step-by-step kind of process, a stepping stone process, but also that we need to be aggressive to see ourselves as God sees us in that process. That word contemplate there, if you dig it in, dig into it, it means that he took a long, hard, honest, transparent look at himself. He didn't go, he didn't glance at his body and go, oh, I'm too old, and just dismiss it to try to get faith by ignoring the reality. This says he looked at himself squarely. 
He looked at the deadness of Sarah's womb squarely. But then he looked one other place. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, in the deadness of Sarah's womb. Semicolon. Yet, comma, with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully assured. Some say persuaded. Either word, persuaded or assured, is not something that comes from you. If I persuade you of something, I'm an author of part of the evidence for that persuasion. You wouldn't use the word, I was persuaded, if you meant, I decided. So again, this is a gift to Abraham of the person of God. And being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Therefore, it was also credited to him as righteousness. And again, he didn't generate his own righteousness. It was given to him as credit. That's what I'm asking of us tonight. I'm asking that you accept that I believe that you are able to admonish. And that I believe that you are full of goodness and filled with knowledge by the Spirit. At your present state, however imperfect you are. And I want us to do that. I want us to act like the people that we are. And I want us to attach to it the work of the Holy Spirit that will allow us in joy and peace as we believe it to abound in hope. So it seems we seem to be at the place to let hope about which we've learned come to us and through us through the mystery that is hidden and now revealed, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And absolutely, Ronnie, uh, to let that be the centerpiece of your expectation. That I can do this because Christ in me is the hope of glory. It's perfect. It's perfect. Okay? So, do you need, does anyone here need a gift of abundant hope? And I'm going to be the first to lead out and be honest about that. Next question is, will you let the Spirit work through you to give a gift of abundant hope? And we have a mic. And I hope you will. So, uh, just because I know sometimes it's hard to just blurt out a confession, I have two areas in my life right now where I realize through this study and through the stuff that we've looked about and talked about and the amazing conversations I've had with you guys, that I have two areas where I am tempted, have been tempted, and have engaged in a mitigation or a surrender of hope. So uh, you guys know, most of you know, I've been uh, dealing with some blood sugar issues and been managing with diet and stuff that's been going pretty well. Uh, but there's still a, a pretty substantial residue of what I think is, is uh, peripheral neuropathy. So my feet uh, hurt a little bit and are weird feeling a little bit almost all the time. I've had you pray for me a number of times now. I've felt some relief. Uh, it hasn't lasted. Uh, I mean, in the sense that moment, that season of relief has sort of retreated. 
And then I also have some of the other neuropathic kind of things going on, like I have a sensitivity across here. And lately, it has been dramatically affecting my ability to get a good night's sleep, if you will testify to that. Um, she was praying for me two nights ago, and uh, I was not feeling well, and I was irritated and everything. And so anyway, I said, I, I need to hear you. And she wasn't praying loud enough, so she boosted her volume of prayer. And almost as soon as she had boosted the volume so I could hear, she prayed something to this effect. Uh, Lord, we are, uh, we're not accepting that this situation is just the way it is, that it can't change. Wow. That was such life to my heart. So you talk about being able to, you know, admonish. Wow. Because I realized I am thinking about it. Like, you know, and, and then I even have the ability, which I, I know I'm not the only person in the world to do this that I can begin to cast my ability to manage that discomfort as if it's going to be just the way life is when you're 66 years old uh, and have these issues. I owned it, and I was I, I was going to let my own virtue and righteousness be in the managing of it instead of in the believing that it isn't part of me. So that's one. And the other, and we had a magnificent talk about this, and, and Al is, is dealing with and, and dealing with wonderfully this stuff about the uh, uh, vaccine mandates. I, uh, I, I've personally been touched by it, and I had to change some of my schedule because I wasn't vaccinated, and I was unwilling to go and, and be segregated from other brothers and stuff. And, uh, and I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus. I, I understand what their thoughts were. I don't agree with them. But I also had to come up with a decision whether I was going to submit to it or not. And I chose not to. Uh, then, you know, we've heard about all the various votes and we've heard about the various things. And then the draconian stuff that's going on, uh, Al just told us that it's a $3,500 fine if he leaves his province to go help his daughter move and gets caught doing it. So, I have let my hope in a quick resolution of this, which shows partly that my hope was based on a certain outcome. But I have let my hope flag a little bit. Or maybe a lot. And um, so I am a candidate for you to admonish me. As long as you keep in mind that admonishment is being kind and generous and good. That the goodness is what you're sharing. Because I have lost sight of the goodness in those two situations, honestly. And I'm aware of it, and I'm, I'm totally ready to be ministered to. Now, I don't want you to just do that for me yet. No, no, this is a question about okay. what you're talking about. Right. So hopefully this will be educational, at least for me. Keep it, keep it brief. I want to have I'll time. I'll keep it brief. Okay. Hope comes from God. Mm -hmm. So how are we admonishing you to have more hope? Is it more um, stewarding of the hope? Or just pray that God will give you more hope? In other words, I, I don't know. Hope comes, I'm not trying to yeah, I understand. encourage you it's, it's to have question. more hope. It's, uh, it, it, well, maybe you should be. Well, that might be one of the ways. From God. Here's what the, the connection that I saw. Moses asked God, show me your glory. God said, I'll make my goodness pass in front of you. Paul said, 
to the Romans, you're full of goodness. I'm convinced that you're full of goodness. That is the glory of God in you to be shed abroad with us, to be shared with others. So I don't know. And that's what I'm asking the Holy Spirit to show us because because we don't think we can do it. I don't think we have a working methodology for believing or admonishing either one. So I don't know how to answer your question. I'm hoping tonight will give us an example. What I do know is that it is related to the Holy Spirit's work. And the Holy Spirit, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to use the goodness and the knowledge in us to admonish. Just like I do when I teach. I ask the Holy Spirit to use the gift of teaching in me and stuff or the gift of healing in somebody, or the gift of administration, those kind of things. So part of the full knowledge that's in me through Christ, I believe, is wanting us to make sure we don't encourage us to do something that's not real. In other words, I don't want you to build up a hope that's not real, not from God. I'm not worried about that. Okay. And so <laughs> so it, that's it, the mechanics, I guess, is... Let's hope we can find, let's hope that the Holy Spirit will help us find out. Okay, so before we start admonishing me, which I'm totally into, is anybody else in a position where you could come up to the mic and say, I need, I need a a boost in my hope in this area? And don't let Ronnie take all the mic time. I've had a few car accidents. I've decided, um, I do my best to deal with all the crap that comes with it, and I would like that to be not just what it is. I'd like to be totally healed. Amen. Specifically, Ronnie had a series of three rear-end collisions where people ran into the rear of him over the course of just a few months. Five months. Five months, and he's been dealing with cognitive issues ever since. That's been about and body issues. Eight years. Ten years. Twenty. Twenty years. Okay. All right. So hope is drained. All right. Anybody else? Please, if you can share. The admission that you need more hope is just an admission that you need more God because He's the God of hope. It's not a negative. There's no shame in it. Well, let's see. I have two things. Okay. Let me get closer. One is I've been trying to get pregnant for over a year. And I'm 41. So that... Amen. And Zoe was, she just had a big surgery. And they just called us with the pathology, and they said that it's really, really bad. It's The cancer's gone into her lymph nodes. Okay. And they said maybe she only has a month to live. And so it's more than about Zoe for me. It's like wrapped up into, I, I think I have a fear that, like, Every time I have a gift from God, there's something like negative attached to it or something. I don't know if that's a long story, but sure. it just feels really sad. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the antithesis of hope, huh? Yeah. Anybody else? And your dog's name is Zoe, right? Okay. Leah. So, Scripture says that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So the cool thing about fear is it's a lie. 
So anything you fear, then the opposite is true. Because God didn't give us a spirit of fear. So feel free to smack it around in your head a little bit because God didn't give it to you. Amen. Amen. Anybody else have a deficit of hope that that those here, which is all of us, full of goodness and filled with knowledge, can correct? Al? Um, Papa's been working in me quite a bit lately. <laughs> but um, my amazing younger five children, my grandchildren, I know that I'll see them again. But I'd just like to see them soon. Because I love them. And not that I don't believe God is going to do it and God is dealing with me with this, but it would be good to see them soon. Amen. Sooner rather than later. Amen. All right, anybody else? I could just use a bunch of abundance of hope. <laughs> but uh, as you get older, your body just doesn't work like it used to be. So sometimes it's your mind goes, well, this is the way it is. But that isn't, that's a lie too. So, yeah. yeah. Caleb is an example that that doesn't have to be the case. Pardon me? Caleb yeah. is an example. Yeah. He, he was, had the strength of his youth all the way up until. Yeah. Yeah. My, recently my knee, I, I bummed it out and it's been two weeks now and it still has this tendency to ache. And I go, dang, man, I, you know, I'm, I'm nursing it, but I'm, I want to get back into my, my routine of exercising because I don't want to lose what I've already gained. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I praise God. Praise yeah. God. Okay. Now, this is, these things are a little different than just a prayer request, although it's totally okay to just Pray for each other and one one us. But this is to be filled with hope, to be admonished, to believe in the God of hope being bigger than these issues, bigger than Zoe's issues, bigger than my persistent thing or your your age. You're even older than I am, so I, we need help. Yeah, the hope is the issue. You guys see it, but but really the issue is not that. I mean, I want that, and I appreciate all the courage you could share. Our ability. To release hope. God is going to do that through us some. He's the God of hope. But He's going to use us to do it. That was why I brought that thing in. As the Father sent me, so send I you. So, this is where we need your help, Holy Spirit, because we don't really know how to do this. We know how to pray for one another. We know how to stand and intercede. We know how to believe for one another. But I don't know if we know how to draw from the well of goodness and knowledge in us and speak and declare and minister and comfort hope. We need hope. We need the joy and peace in believing. And we need your work, Holy Spirit, in us. And you are in every person here. And so we open the mic and I invite you to, to cause to rise up within all of us or a number of us the release of the goodness and the knowledge that is in them for the sake of hope.
So, what's your name back there with the little Georgie? Leah's your name? Well, Zoe means life. And that's just what um, captivated me when you were talking was, wow, you're holding life. And life is in you. And God is all about life. And he's, he's all about abundant life. And there's no death in him. And it's kind of hard to do this without appealing in prayer because you just want to declare and yeah, you go want ahead, to pray and you want yeah, to activate. I, I, we're so learning. You, you're hard leading. To, so. Hard to not do that. <laughs> I just speak I just speak life to you. Like, yes. I just speak life to your womb. God created it to bring life, and that's your heart's desire. So whatever's hindering that, um, I cancel it. I cancel any death and I cancel any any shrinking or holding back from the fullness of life that's within your body. And that's within your heart. And that's within your desire. And, and that's within the way God created you to be, to bear life. And I just want to cancel the lie uh, that the enemy would try to steal with, with you holding your precious dog Zoe that's life that that that's uh don't let him use that to extinguish your flame of hope of life of this diagnosis of your dog so I speak life to you Zoe and I cancel that report of cancer and I command the cancerous cells to leave your lymph nodes in your body and that damage is reversed in that you prosper with long life, and that you're a symbol of life, Zoe, because you are life. I release that through the power of God, not of my own strength, but the power of God. I release that to you. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, before you start, Vicki, could you just do one more thing? Could you just declare that she'd be filled with hope? So I declare and I release hope over you, Leah. Where it's dormant and where it's disappointed, I breathe life and hope and renewal and refreshment and encouragement and an infusion of courage. Thank you for the gift, Lord, Amen. that she just receives. Thanks, Jim. So, Leah, I'm going to get kind of <laughs> nitty-gritty with you, but does your uterus work? Okay. I, I felt like it did. Um, one of the things that um, society has done to women is they have proclaimed a, a, an age where uh, we can't have kids. And uh, when you said, I'm 41, I kind of laughed because my mom... I believe had, I don't know, one, two, three, three pregnancies after she was 40. And um, so I just want to encourage you in that to just not listen to what the world is saying, because oftentimes we'll grab what the world's saying. We don't even know that we're doing it, but we'll grab what the world is saying and we just believe that, that it is. 
And so I just want to proclaim over you that 41 is freaking young. And my mom had nine kids. She was pregnant, I want to say, 13 times. And um, so I just say 41 isn't a matter. You know, it's not a matter. And just walk in the freedom you have of being a young woman who wants to be pregnant. And so that egg and that sperm are going to meet in your uterus because you have a living, breathing, like Jim was saying, uterus. So that would be my admonishment to you, I guess, um, because I just don't believe that age is a factor pretty much in anything. And so I speak that to Richard, I speak that to Larry, I speak that to all of us who are kind of walking in this dynamic of the world saying when you hit a certain age, you're ill, you're sick, you're sore, you're this, you're that. Um, I say it to myself too. So bless that uterus, bless that egg, bless that sperm, Lauren, let's have a baby. Bless life. Bless life. Thank you, Lauren. I just want to encourage you all because Jesus took all our affirmities on the cross 2,000 years ago. It is finished. There is no illness. If we have king, the kingdom, there's nothing, no disease in the kingdom. And if we're having kingdom come here on earth, then it's illegal to have illness, to have disease, to have back issues, to have knee issues. It's illegal. And so we we have a very powerful mind. And our mind can actually assist in the healing of our body. And by declaring that we are not getting older, I'm not getting older, I'm not old. So don't ask me how old I am because I'm not. <laughs> right? Amen. I'm just going to walk with God. And um, and I, I stand against any pain, any, you know, affirmity that comes on me because Jesus already took it on the cross. So Jesus has taken the issues that are affecting you, Larry. Yeah. You're already healed. Amen. And so I declare your healing. Amen. And I encourage you to declare your healing. And thank him for it. And I would encourage you, um, Leah, to um, envision yourself pregnant. Let Holy Spirit give you a picture of what that looks like. Because it's really powerful what we envision and what we believe. And it's... Um, just envisioning yourself pregnant, and then anytime there's a fear that comes up that says, oh no, what if I'm not, you know, what if I lose the baby or whatever, you just go right back to that vision and you declare that, no, I've seen myself full term. I've seen myself. And and uh, just live in that hope. Amen. Amen. Uh, the scripture that comes to me, <clears throat> uh, this is the um, 
I can't remember what translation anyway. Uh, keep your thoughts continuously fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admi- admirable, beautiful and respective, respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always, put into practice the example of all that you have heard from me or seen in your life, and and the God of peace will be with you in all things. One of the biggest things that we have a problem with is our mind rushing to the wrong conclusion. But, it, but yeah. King James puts meditate on these things. And I think a lot of times we don't meditate on what God has done in our life, what God is doing in our life, what God has done in, what is done in, throughout our life that we miss sight. Mm-hmm. Can you guys hear the the knowledge that has been deposited in us? And the goodness, the intention for one another, the hope for one another. This is what I think Paul recognized that we have theologically talked ourselves out of. And we need to biblically and spiritually talk ourselves back into him. So may the God of all hope who lives in you and you and and all of us have extra power and strength to get past any obstacles that we might put in our way Amen. of letting that hope come. So I ask for the blessing of hope for everyone here to overcome anything else that our being tries to put in its way. Amen. Amen. Al? One, one of the things that that I've been admonished by God for is that, you know, there's things happening in my body which shouldn't be happening. Um, but by his stripes, as, as our amazing sisters have said, by his stripes we were healed. It's done. And I realize there's a difference between it's life and death and the power of the tongue and what I've got to be careful of. And I admonish everybody to do the same is that I don't, do not own a problem. If someone speaks death over me or death over anybody, I do not take that on and I just tell that to go. But what I do is I, as sister was really good, that was spot on. Um, it's the, the verse God gave me was Hebrews 1, just as we're sitting there. Now, faith is the substance is hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. For by the elders obtained a good report. And through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things that are seen were made of things which do, sorry, are not made of things that do appear. And I just, one of the things I I, I encourage people is that when I pray for somebody that the thing has to go, it has to go. It has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. It doesn't have a choice. But what the enemy will try to do is it will try to tell us that it's not working, that we're not worthy, by putting the signs and symptoms back on us. And what I'm saying is speak to those signs, speak to the the pain, speak to whatever, and you tell it to go as well because it has to line up with the word of God. So I just encourage each of us. We don't own it. As our amazing sister said, I'll get your name one day. But as our amazing sister said, 
right? We don't own it. It's been done. It's, it's paid for at that whipping post and it, that's by stripe we were healed. But the signs and symptoms are there to make us speak it out that we have it. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. So, yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you. Muni? Thank you, Al. Thank you. Hmm? I know. I'm going to so, let Muni um, go, and then we're going to follow. Al, that's what discussion. I was thinking, too. It kept echoing in my head. Uh, now, faith is a substance of things hoped for. So I looked up hope, and then... In Bible Gateway, and there was a lot of different references. And the cool part is that they keep saying, so in Psalms 28.5, it says, and my hope is in you all day long. And then again in Psalms 25, later it says, my hope is in you, Lord. In Psalms 31, it says, all who hope in the Lord. I don't know about you, but I'm starting to see a pattern. I'm slow at it. But And then the next one says, in Psalms 33, um, it says, or Psalms 31, it says, all those who hope in the Lord. And so you don't have to hope that's faith. I think we're skipping to the faith part, where we're going to have faith that we're going to see everything manifest. Like, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So I think we really just need to anchor our hope in God, right? In the all-powerful creator. So our hope is in God, that he's going to do all this. We don't have to like, hope it. We just have to like... Hope that God's going to do what he says he's going to do, which he does. So that's kind of easy. So we put our hope in God, and now faith, which will come next, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then you get that whole Hebrews 11, like, hall of faith, yep. right? Yeah, well, and it, and it mirrors what Abraham did. He looked at himself, he acknowledged the need, and the thing that was attacking his hope, but... He considered God. He looked at God. That he was, he considered him and that he was able to do what he said. Amen. Amen. Dan and Becky? Larry, for you, I feel like you're, all these things coming on you are more like, um, sometimes Satan wants to do big, significant things. Other times he just likes to nip and bite and nibble and <laughs> irritate. <laughs> And I'd like to just speak uh, Psalm 40 over you, or not Psalm, Isaiah 40, where he says, Comfort, comfort for my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin's been, and this isn't about sin, has been paid for, that she's received from the Lord's hand. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight the wilderness a highway for our God. A valley will be raised up and every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level and the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all mankind together will see it for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And I just want to say that I believe what his desire for your heart is, that glory is he will bring you that comfort. It is his desire for you to have rest, to have peace, and that he is your rest. They're over the, the rest of us, too. That comfort, comfort, comfort. Yeah, absolutely. Patricia. You sure not? Yeah, I'm on. Can you hear me now? Yep. Okay. When you were talking, Larry, um, I have some of the similar s symptoms of physical things that you're going on in your body. Maybe it's worse in me than it is in you, but it doesn't really matter. Um, I don't, 
I don't feel like I have lost hope, even though this has gone on for some time. I just find that God is having me in a place of rest. Now, I I do welcome people that pray, but I just want you to know that we can pray and pray and pray and pray, but if God has told me that I'm just supposed to rest, then that's what I'm doing. Now, I just just want to transition over to when you were talking, Larry. I felt like, and God, this is what God has been doing for me, okay? He's been giving me dreams. Whether I sleep at night, mostly it's at night. He drops dreams into me, and they show me, they show myself being able to walk and to function and and being active and stuff. So what I heard the Father say, uh, Jesus say, the Holy Spirit say, that this may apply to you, Larry, is that I don't know if you have for, have lost the ability to dream, but I wanted to speak over you right now, if it's okay with you, that God will release in the night seasons dreams, his dreams he has for you, dreams that are in your future that show you as able-bodied and and uh, quick and whatever the opposite of what you're feeling uh physically so if if you'll indulge me a little bit here and put your hand on your heart and i will decree this over both of us larry and over anyone else at the sound of my voice or at joyland that's str- i do want you guys to take this if you can i, I just as you were speaking patricia Leah, I was thinking about you, you know, uh, envisioning, yes. But let's ask God to give you a vision. I, I, I dream of that. Let's ask God to give you a dream of that. A dream of you and your little child who's, let's say, two or three years old, running around with Zoe. Let's have a dream that takes it all in, right? Let's have a dream. Thanks, Patricia. Go ahead. We're receiving. Father God, we just thank you that uh, all the good dreams come from you. And you see us both now and in the future. And you've been encouraging me with the dreams you've given me at night. So as your servant, your prophet, your priest, your ambassador on the earth, I decree and declare, let the flow of your heart, Papa, for dreams flow into us to allow us to see ourselves as fully functional, that you're not done with us, Father. These are the days of glory. These are the days of your knowledge filling the earth with glory, and you're going to use us. So I proclaim right now in the name of Jesus Christ, that your dreams will flow unabated into our hearts and minds, especially at night when we're sleeping, when we're calm, so to be calm in our soul and our body. 
but I speak to the body of every person at the sound of my voice. And I say to you, rest in the Lord. Rest in the goodness of God, for the dreams of God are pouring out like rain, everlasting rain, and we're little sponges, just soaking it up and enjoying your presence and your dreams into us and remove off of us every heaviness, every depression, every burden, every anxiety, every fear, everything that is not of you, that is blocking the dreams. And I decree and declare in the name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen, so be it. Amen. 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 Dreams of strength, dreams of soundness, dreams of life, dreams of wholeness. Al, dreams of your family around a Thanksgiving table. Dreams of hope. Dreams of hope. Holy Spirit, thank you. Father, we are willing to believe and we are aware that with believing comes joy and peace. I release that reality of joy and peace over everybody here. Over those of us that expressed a need, over those that met that need, over all of us. Open our eyes to the goodness and the knowledge in us. We saw it. We heard it. We saw it on display. And also open our eyes to see that same thing in our neighbor. And in the person that you would lead us to, that you have given the gift of glory to, so that they may know and be one and know that you love them the way you love Jesus. We will be those people. In Jesus' name, amen.